welcome back to season two of Burnt Out to Badass. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Wiseman, and we are here to tell the stories of burnout, but not just the dreaded awful bottom, but the journey through and how it can be on the other side. You can recover from burnout, and it is not your entire story. Today, I am talking with the amazing Cherry Tongue. She tells about having her dream job in life and not giving her the fulfillment both mentally and financially. And today she helps professionals expand their income streams and build their passive income machine to achieve financial freedom. I'm super excited about this conversation. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Cherry Tongue. It's so great to have you here with me today. Thank you so much, Erin. Nice to be here with you. That's right. We're going to talk all things burnt out, moving into your badass life. So tell me a little bit. We're going to start way back kind of from the beginning. Give me a sneak peek. What was burnout like for you? Yeah, I feel like it's really important to just have a little bit of context. So I've always, you know, been that really good girl, traditional route kind of person. Um, you might not be able to see me, but I'm Chinese. I grew up in like a very traditional Chinese family. My parents always wanted me to, you know, get good grades in school, get into a good college, and then get a good job after that. And so I just put all my hopes and dreams into uh, getting into a big four accounting firm. That was like, you know, the number one thing that accounting students want to get into. And I thought, you know, life would be happily ever after, like a fairy tale. Um, unfortunately, things didn't pan out like that. And I just remember in my junior year of college, during my internship, I was actually raped by someone from that industry. And that just ruined my whole, you know, my whole perspective of what this industry is, because I thought, oh, this is supposed to be like, so ethical, like people in there are so professional, but then like, why would they rape me? Why would they drug me? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. And so I started losing trust right there during my internship. And even when I got the big, like the big for accounting full-time offer, I still wasn't like completely feeling it. And I also was lucky enough to put on to really far clients. So I had to uh, go on business trip pretty much every single week. I have to leave my pet behind. Um, I just did not like it. So after uh, working that job for a little more than a year, I realized that I don't even want to be in my boss's position. So I decided to quit which is definitely something not recommended by my mentors and you know people who are seniors or managers are like hey you're like wasting an opportunity here why would you want to quit before you get the promotion and things like that but i just thought to myself that hey it doesn't really make sense for me to stay in this position for that you know next place if i don't even want to go to that go to that next place and that was my first burnout. Unfortunately, that's not my only burnout. Yeah, it's so common, friend. It's so common. It's not like if you burn out, it's when and how many times. Exactly. Let me go back to you were talking about, because I can totally relate. I think definitely my workaholic tendencies started as a student, maybe even back all the way to junior high, but definitely in college and you know moving towards those successful careers. What do you think... When you were in the middle of all of that, friends and family saw on the outside. I think I'm pretty good at hiding things. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good at pretending everything's okay. And because my family's actually not here in the States with me, they're actually all the way in China. 
they don't see a lot of me. They only see what I show them. And so whenever they ask me, Hey, Cherry, how are you doing? You know, how's life over there? I'm always like, you know, bringing them the good news. Oh, life is fine. You know, I have this great job. I am, you know, taking care of myself, things like that. But like what they really don't see is what's really happening behind the scenes. So there was a point in time when my burnout got so bad and I, you know, that resulted in really low self-esteem that I decided to uh, live in my car. Wow. Another story because I just felt like I didn't deserve to live in anywhere nice. I just felt like, you know, I should just live in a car to like save money. It's not that I didn't have any money. I had like six figures in the bank, but then my self-esteem was just so, so low that I just felt like I didn't deserve anything nice. Absolutely. Isn't it amazing the stories that we tell ourselves that we think are like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But I always call it the like pathologic normal. (laughs) It's like, no, no friend. So tell us a little bit more. That was the first burnout and that was like trying to write through it. What was the second one like? Yeah, the the second one is pretty recent. So my second job out of college is working at a large uh, public tech firm in the finance department and everything was, you know, rainbows and butterflies for a while. I felt really good, really happy for a while until around the end of 2019, the grandpa who raised me, he passed away in China and I couldn't attend his funeral because work was so busy. I didn't think much of it. I thought, you know, my family would understand, which they did. Like my family totally understood. They're like, oh yeah, you, you're in the US, you're all the way there, you have work. Like I understand you can't come, can't come back to, for the funeral. So my family didn't say anything, but it just planted this hidden bomb in inside. And when the pandemic hit um, early 2020, and I had to, you know, quarantine multiple times because I also visited my family like around February, which is like, you know, when the pandemic started and I had to self-quarantine once. And then once again, when, when everyone quarantined, I just had a lot of time to reflect. And I just remember there were days when I would just open up Excel spreadsheets and would just start crying for no reason and there's nothing touching about excel spreadsheets like it's just you know it's just cells and numbers and formulas but i just started crying and i i couldn't figure out why and um i saw a psychiatrist um well i saw a general practitioner first who referred me to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist told me that i have really bad depression and anxiety and adhd and i should probably uh, take medical leave like immediately And that was a moment when I realized that, hey, like something is actually wrong here. So that's like my second like burnout moment. Mm -hmm. I always ask people if it was like a dark night of the soul or like a eureka moment for you. Which one would you say? Definitely dark. One of the darkest moments of my life. And isn't it amazing that because I think of my own story as well, like I always call it the two by four, the feather, like the feathers, the little tickle, like, you know, something's wrong, but you kind of ignore it. I'm a two by four woman. Like I have to get the two by four slammed up against my head multiple times before I'm like, holy shit, this is a problem. And that's what I feel like gets us like beat down to that dark night of the soul. And what was it that was instrumental or who was it that was instrumental who helped you through that? I think someone who you know, came into my life during that time is actually my best friend who turned into my husband. Um, at that time, we were just like really, really good friends. And he he was just there to remind me that, you know, Cherry is still here because at times I would feel like, you know, depression is eating up my soul. Like I can't, I can't feel life anymore, especially because I was put on really powerful meds. And so a lot of times I just felt like a walking zombie and I felt like my life would never be normal. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
I just felt hopeless. And he would be there to remind me that, hey, like Terry's still there. I have faith in you. I believe that you can get through this. So that is definitely, I, I guess, unfortunate in, in the way that, you know, even though my family is not here, I had a best friend who turned into a boyfriend who turned into a husband eventually. Isn't that amazing too? Because depression is is such a soul sucker and numb or out of and it's amazing. You know, I'm a family med doctor and and when I talk about mental health, it's just as important as I talk about heart disease or diabetes or, you know, any of the other medical conditions that we forget that like mental health is as huge as that. And and having that hope, even if it's like external from you, like, okay, I don't see it now, but at least he sees it in me or sees it in our future together. Hope is a powerful medicine. It is, definitely is, yeah. So walk us through from there. You got help from your psychiatrist, best friend, boyfriend, then turned husband. What's the journey been like since, you know, 2020? Yeah, so 2020, I was forced to go on medical leave. Um, I remember around June. And so I went on medical leave for a couple months. And every single day, I was like worried about getting fired. Like that was my biggest worry because I'm like, okay, I'm not, you know, currently working for the company. I'm not putting my hours in. Like they don't want to pay like a useless worker, (laughs) someone who's not putting in the work. And so um, I just had that fear lingering in my mind, which, you know, does not help with depression at all. Um, And I just felt so much anxiety. I would have nightmares every single night. And fast forward to this year, you know, around, I think, April, I decided that even though my psychiatrist said I'm not ready, I decided that I'm just going to go back to work because anxiety is way too much. And I don't want to you know, constantly worry about losing my job. And um, another added layer is because I'm also here on a work visa. And so losing that job could mean I cannot stay in this country, which really sucks because my pet's here, my friends are here, my boyfriend's here. Your whole life is here. Yeah, my whole life is here. I even bought a house here. So like, it, it would be... It, it would really suck for me to lose my job and lose my, you know, opportunity to stay in the country. And two weeks after I returned to work, the first week I realized that, hey, like something is kind of weird because they are not like my boss is not scheduling one-on-one meetings. Like every single week it gets canceled. The second week I got fired. And I, I just remember like being in that meeting. I, I didn't expect what was going on. Like I, I didn't expect anything. I just thought, you know, it would be a regular one-on-one touch base kind of thing. And obviously they didn't really have anything on the calendar invite. They were just like, oh, it's a one-on-one. And then I went there, HR was there, my boss was there, my skip level was there. And my boss didn't say a thing. My skip level just like, you know, basically let me go. Not because of job performance and because of, you know, the sensitivity of it. I don't know how much I can share, but um, basically it's not job performance. Like it can't be, I was just back for like two weeks and they just fired me on the spot and they, you know, deactivated my email. They, tur- they told me to like turn in my laptop and everything. And I just felt so lost and even more depressed than ever because I felt useless. I was like, wow, I can't even hold a job down. I, I can't even do this one thing that I was like a little bit proud of. And I just felt completely lost. And I felt like I just couldn't do anything in life. Like I was completely hopeless. And, you know, that coupled with depression, coupled with anxiety and ADHD, like it's just, it was just a lot. I, I felt like I was in this deep hole that I just felt more hopeless than ever. And so how did you move forward in that? It wasn't immediate. Um, definitely. I think. 
it's a combination of a lot of, of a lot of things. Um, first of all, I also uh, met up with my therapist every single week, so very religiously, even on days when I'm like, I don't feel like it, I still did it. I also decided to get off my meds after talking to my psychiatrist because I feel like my meds are actually making things worse because I just felt like a living zombie. I couldn't feel happiness. I couldn't feel sadness. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel alive. And so I, I feel like at times, like my self-harm thoughts were even more severe on the meds because I just couldn't feel anything. And I just want to feel like I want to feel like I'm living. So I got off my meds and I think getting fired in a way also helped me get out of you know, that really dark place. Like, even though it was a cause of it, but it also made me realize that there is a lot more to life. And, you know, realizing that I can live without a job, like, you know, that that is a possibility in life. Like, you are not defined by your job title or salary. That realization also made me just become more hopeful. And, you know, it's a long process um, from April to now, like early September uh, at the time of this recording. I just, you know, I, I just remember for the first maybe three months, I just felt hopeless. I, I still kept, you know, uploading videos on YouTube and Instagram just to like feel alive. But deep inside, I was really broken. But then I think it was, you know, those daily, daily progress, you know, every single day you do something to make yourself feel more alive. Um, and cumulatively speaking, that eventually dragged me out of that hole. And I also started working out. Um, you know, all of those things combined and lots of journaling, lots of reading, lots of reflecting also just help, help me get through that, you know, that really dark moment. Absolutely. I love what you said about really realizing that you're not defined by your job title. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, from little girls, little boys, it's like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And you know, like that's our definition. And then we realize when we grow up, we're like, oh, but there's so much more to life than what I do to get a paycheck. I, I think that's so important. So talk a little bit about, you know, you know, it sounds like kind of digging out of that hole and coming up and seeing the light. I always say on this podcast, you know, life's not perfect and it's just marvelously imperfect. So where, where are you now and you're marvelously imperfect? I am currently at a place well, I, I was at a place that I didn't have to actively work for money because I've been investing for years and I've been building my business for years. So there are passive income that can basically support my lifestyle, even though my identity was really tied to my job prior to getting fired, right? And so sometimes it's not just about the money or the practical stuff. It's like your identity. If you identify with your job 100% and you basically drink the corporate Kool-Aid 100%, then when you get let go, you're going to feel so betrayed. It's basically like, you know, going through a breakup, but like worse. <laughs> so right now I'm at like a pretty interesting intersection. So I am feeling better from my depression, but like, you know, depression is not the type of thing just that just completely disappears. So sometimes I'll, I would still have like really bad mental breakdowns and anxiety attacks like that. That's just, you know, that's just things that I accept into my life. Um, but I am feeling more hopeful. I am feeling more alive. I am feeling like there's more hope in life. Um, even though I so constantly battle with the thought and feeling that I don't deserve to have depression. I don't deserve to, you know, have mental illnesses because I'm too privileged for that. And I think a lot of people who, you know, have high net worth or, 
um, have a good paying job, a lot of people struggle with the feelings of, I don't deserve to be sad. I don't deserve to be depressed. And I'm still, you know, helping myself, you know, out of that thought pattern, because obviously it's not healthy. Like you don't want to make yourself feel even more guilty or stressed out over, you know, having depression. But yeah, that, that is still something that I, I work on every single day. I love it because you're also using your own experience and your own journey to help other people as a wealth coach. Talk a little bit about that. So I think my wealth coaching journey or, you know, my online business journey started seven years ago when I was still in college. It started as a small YouTube channel and I would just upload random videos on it. And slowly I, you know, discovered through networking with people and um, having mentors and coaches that I can actually make money on YouTube. And so I started making money on YouTube and that expanded into like affiliate marketing, grant partnership, course sales. So like different income streams. And plus I also invested in the background. And so what I did was I would invest over 50% of my paycheck when I start working. And I would also reinvest a lot of the money I earn from my business back into my business. So it's kind of like a flywheel effect, um, kind of like the Amazon model. And that is how I operated for the first, I want to say like, I don't know, like first six years of my business. And like, even right now, I'm still, you know, reinvesting a lot of money into my business because I just don't need to take money out. Um, I can live off of my passive income, such as like the income from real estate and the income from like business assets. So I don't necessarily have to take money out. And um, after realizing that this is like whole ecosystem, a lot of people, when they, when they talk about making money, they talk about making active income. And so um, it requires you to actually show up to clock in, clock out, to actually, you know, be at your desk, go to your office or like, you know, log in uh, during a certain time. I focus more on passive income and I I firmly believe that if you don't want burnout you have to have some sort of passive income because we're not robots so we're not machines we can't you know be on 24/7 and sometimes even if we're not sick our family members can get sick like for example my grandpa was sick my grandpa passed away my grandpa had his funeral and I couldn't attend it because I was so focused on my active income stream and so like that is the gist of what I teach people to do, which is basically what I've done for myself is create this passive income ecosystem so that you can have money funding your passive income machine, aka your investments, so that you can have passive income come in and fund your lifestyle without you having to you know, work for that or hustle for that 24-7. I love it. It's absolutely 100% true. So if somebody's vibing with you on that exact same wavelength and they're like, oh my God, I need some cherry in my life, where can they come find you? I am always on IG. IG, Instagram is my favorite platform. Yes, I, I love Instagram. Um, and you can also find a lot of my content on YouTube. I'm very transparent about my portfolio, what I invest in, um, what is my portfolio size. Like I even show you the screen recording so that you know people can follow along my journey. I literally started that portfolio from zero dollars a couple of years ago. And I think right now my public portfolio is around 300K. I love it. I love it. We'll put all those um, links in the show notes so that, you know, because really knowledge is power in this and that we don't have to hide behind curtains. And, and really I'm with you. I think that the most important resource we have is ourselves and our mental health and our physical health um, and everything else is secondary behind that. So Cherry, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. The badass in me honors the badass in you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
I'm always so thrilled to share these stories that are so transformative, that encourage, inspire, and infuse all of us with hope and inspiration. If you need some more of that in your life, come hang out with me at burntouttobadass.com. Check the show notes. We got lots of great resources, and I would love to see you in there. All right. And don't forget, my friend, the badass in me honors the badass in you. Ciao.